It's a health wisery clinic with Dr. Rajbans, president of the Malaysian Wellness Society. So call us on 0395433333 now if you have a question for the good doctor. Good morning, Dr. Rajbans. Good morning. Good morning. Now, um, if you're experiencing symptoms of osteoarthritis, especially in the knee, how can glucosamine sulfate help? Yes, actually, the effective and extensively studied form of glucosamine, which actually is a crystalline glucosamine sulfate, and now it's got clinically proven efficacy and a lot of safety and actually a lot of medical benefits you know especially for the osteoarthritis improvement in pain and joint function you know it can even have an effect on modifying the structure of the joints and most importantly you know it can delay joint replacement surgeries which are you know very expensive and have their own problems and also reduces the risk of using all these strong non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs you know again with all their side effects so I think it's very beneficial for someone who wants to delay or uh, the progression of osteoarthritis. Right. What if your joints are already like <laughs> really bad? Yeah, I mean once the cartilage is completely gone then you can't really do much about it. So that's why it's better when you're just mm-hmm. starting it, you know, you're getting some joint issues. So what we call grade one, grade two sort of osteoarthritis is best to start all these so that you can delay that, you know, from the joint getting worse. All right. Well it is a free clinic, so give us a call on zero three nine five four three double three double three or send us a voice note on our DG Lightline at 16510-8888. Rebecca has a question about a cyst in her foot. We'll address that next after Spice Girls on Light. It's a HealthWise Free Clinic with Dr. Rajbans, president of the Malaysian Wellness Society. Okay, Rebecca, what is your yeah. question for Dr. Rajbans? I have a ganglion cyst at the ankle. Correct. The surgeon recommended surgery and I'm very afraid. And the thing is, I've been delaying it for quite some time and now the cyst is getting bigger and I can feel a sensation at the sole of my feet. Is there any other option which I can look into? Did you get a second opinion from another doctor? Uh, I've asked, uh, not not a surgeon, but I've asked uh, GPs, uh, you know, when I when I go to see the doctors. Uh. Right. And and they said, if it doesn't bother me, then no need. But now, I have sensation that, you know, like pins and needles. Mm. Dr. Rajbans, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, the advice I was given to her, actually is quite right. Like what the GP said, uh, you know, if there's no pain, it's not getting bigger, it's not troubling you. Normally, most of the time, I just tell my patient ganglion cyst, just observe and just continue, you know. But the moment that cyst is getting bigger, now that's not a good sign. One, is getting bigger. Number two, it's already crossing uh, symptoms, it's compressing the nerves. So, she's already got pins and needles. So, it is definitely affecting her now. And at times like this, I wouldn't want to wait anymore. Mm-hmm. I better take it out now while it's not cause any serious damage. You know, sometimes this is can get more bigger and, you know, you can have nerve issues and you don't want to have any problems in your feet in the future. You know, you're still right. young. So, I think, and it's a very safe surgery. It's nothing big about the uh, gangliosis removal. Any good surgeon will be able to do it. So, I think just get it done now while it's still not cause any more serious problems. Right. A lot of people are, though, worried about going under general anesthesia. Is this a, a pr- um, an issue we need to be concerned about? Like yeah, I mean, the thing is whether you can even talk to the surgeon nowadays, you can even use local blocks or even local anesthesia. Maybe not local anesthesia for ganglion, but maybe even they can use local blocks if she's really scared of you know going through general anesthesia. So you can talk to the surgeon and the anesthetist and see what other options they have. All right. Well, if you have a question for Dr. Rajbans, give us a call 03-9543-3333 or send us a voice note on our DG Lightline at 16510-8888. Reza has a question about whether it's okay to shower so late at night. Some of us do that, uh, don't we? So we'll address that question next with Dr. Rajbans on Light.
is the Light Breakfast with Shaz and it's HealthWise Free Clinic with Dr. Rajbans. Rizal, what is your question this morning? Okay, I always come back home late at night and I have to have my shower before I go to bed. So, like 12, 1 o'clock in the morning and a lot of people say that, hey, Rizal, it's not good to have shower in the middle of the night. So, what is actually the medical effects and um, what is the reason of not having shower in the middle of the night. Not that I know of medically, probably more of an opinion. Uh, I wouldn't eat very late at night. I wouldn't exercise just before going to bed because this can disrupt your sleep. But mm. taking a warm shower at night, you know, if you come back, you're not from work and, you know, the whole day you're out, you want to freshen up a bit. So taking a nice warm shower, in fact, will help you get a better sleep, I suppose. So I don't see any reason medically why you cannot take a, a nice right. warm shower. But I wouldn't take a really cold shower then I wake you up and not disturb mm. your sleep. But nice warm shower you know should be no problems yeah i think the problem is when you don't you know dry your hair properly and then you sleep in an air-conditioned room that could be an issue yeah that that can be an issue you know so make sure if you if you do wash your hair then you know make sure you dry it otherwise you know you can have a catch a cold or whatever they say all right hope that answers your question risa yes do have a shower before you go to bed at night and uh coming up next roger's uh, wife has persistent headaches and he wants dr rajban's advice on that so we're going to take a look at that next year on light it's a HealthWise free clinic this morning. Thank you so much for all your questions. Some really great ones this morning. Roger, what is yours? My wife, she has got this severe headache, uh, left uh, migraine kind of symptoms. The headache is just one-sided on her left. She's now experiencing it for the last, I would say, two months or so. Lah. So uh, I'm a bit worried whether she, she, she needs to do something. What are your thoughts, Dr. Ajvans? Yeah, I mean, any headache that's new, especially, you know, this age, you know, if you get a, from uh, young, you're getting headaches and you see the doctor and they think it's migraine, you know, classical migraine, then you don't worry. But something happening now, the last two months, you know, persistent on the left side, continuous, I, I would really agree that you must run and get a scan done fast or at least go and see a doctor and see what they say, you know, get some blood done, you know, check, make sure your blood pressure is okay, check the eye, the ears. But if they come to me, I would straight away order the scan, you know, mm. because you want to make sure you're not missing something there or, you know, like an aneurysm or, a, you know, AV malformation, they call it. You know, and after, if the scan is normal, then at least you've got a peace of mind, then you can think of whether it's, you know, are you dealing with a late onset migraine or is it some tension headache or is it something local causing the pain? But I would still want to, to this day and age, a scan is, I think, something that should be done because it's late onset headaches that's right. lasting for two months and it's getting worse. Okay, Roger, what are you guys waiting for? Now, coming up, Shirley has a question about intermittent fasting. If you have a question, you can send this to us via our DG Light line in a voice note at 016-510-8888. We'll get to Shirley's question next here on Light. It's a HealthWise Free Clinic with Dr. Rajbans, president of the Malaysian Wellness Society. Shirley, what is your question for Dr. Rajbans? Yeah, recently I came to know about uh, intermittent uh, fasting as a way to lose weight. So I actually I had planned to try it out. Mm-hmm. But I would want to know, is there any side effects? 
Yeah, you know, I think right now, uh, everywhere I go, this is a question seems to be thrown at me. You know, intermittent fasting. <laughs> I gave a talk over the weekend to a you know whole group of people, and you know, I spoke about uh, more of wellness and aging, and the questions on intermittent fasting, <laughs> and everybody seems to be in it, and they talk about the sixteen-hour fast. So, I mean, I don't see any reason if you can go for sixteen hours, uh, you know, one shot. But the only question I worry is that what we finding is not everybody is losing weight, and one of the things that we worry about is a lot of them start fasting on the evening and they carry on till next day lunch that means they skip their breakfast now from what they've always said they say breakfast is a important meal of the day because you're not going to start your whole day and you're not this thing but what they're also saying now is that maybe if you start skipping breakfast then the body goes into a starvation mode that means what the body feels is that oh I'm not going to get food anymore so I better be careful and so that whatever you eat later is quickly stored you know because oh. the body is worried that you're not going to have any more food because you know for last 16 hours I didn't get any mm-hmm. food I didn't even have breakfast you know the morning food that's so important so it goes into starvation mode it must start absorbing everything and uh, so you might find that it might not actually really lose weight because some of them find they can't really lose weight so I would suggest that maybe the breakfast part should come in so what I normally do is I have a very early dinner around 5.36 very light dinner vegetables maybe some fish uh, you know fruit uh, this thing very right. early dinner and then my next meal will be around 7 or 8 in the morning that's mm-hmm. my breakfast right now I already got about 12 to 14 hours fast I only drink water in between and I think that is something more easier to do you don't skip breakfast so you actually can lose weight because you don't go into the starvation mode the body detoxing the whole night because that's the best time to detox mm-hmm. get rid of your toxins and all and you have fasted so the body can get rid of whatever excess things are there so I think that could be a better way you know so maybe you have a 12 to 14 hours you know, do a 16 hour do maybe earlier have your last meal at 4 but I think breakfast should come in because I find that those who don't take breakfast sometimes they don't actually lose weight you know right. so try that way and see so I'm oh for for yeah, I agree on intermittent fasting but just try to see whether the breakfast can come in so that you you know get the three meals a day but the last meal will be very early in the evening all right so basically adjust the timing on the timing, intermittent yeah, fasting yeah. all right well thanks for all your great advice this week doc any final words Uh, I think uh, like I was saying earlier that I know our wellness society is still open for free membership so those who are interested come in because I think we, uh, a lot of things you can learn when you mix with people who are all into the same mode of you know wellness and <laughs> okay. you know health and all that. All right. Well, thank you Dr. Rajbans. Thank you.